Good morning, church. My name is Keller. I'll be reading um, Psalm 23. You can follow along in your worship guide on page 5 or on the screen behind me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time um, to come together to worship you. Um, to hear from your word and to be encouraged. God, I pray that you would speak through um, Pastor Joel this morning, that you would encourage us and convict us, that we would be reminded of your goodness and your mercy and the ways in which you are working in our lives. God, I just pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to hear from your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen. I like to create playlists of traveling music for myself. Uh, so whether that is a short journey, uh, like to the metro and then commuting someplace for a meeting or for work, or whether that's a long road trip, or whether that's metroing down to the airport and then flying and then driving and then flying again, uh, no matter how short or how long, I like to have playlists with me. Uh, it eases the pain of travel for me. Uh, sometimes I'll do specific ones. So recently I was in Alabama and Atlanta. And so I pulled Atlanta-specific songs that as I flew in, it, it was geared toward where am I headed. So you can make destination-specific ones. Uh, or whether you're on vacation and you're heading out, so you make an adventure-oriented playlist. Or whether you are returning home, then there are lots of good options. So on my playlist, you'll hear classic travel songs like Gladys Knight's uh, Midnight Train to Georgia, John Denver's Take Me Home, Country Roads. That's particularly good if you're traveling through West Virginia. Helps you feel a little bit more like you're a part of the actual landscape. Prince's Little Red Corvette or Party Like It's 1999, depending on what the mood is and where I'm headed. And then Leon Bridges Coming Home is one of my favorites when I'm on the return leg for any trip. So. Uh, really sinks in for me. Now, look, I know that right now you are either critiquing the songs on my list or thinking of what's on your playlist uh, for how you navigate life, or maybe both if you're particularly musical. In the book of Psalms, God is providing all of us a God-created divinely inspired, richly and deeply theological soundtrack for our spiritual lives. So no matter how long or short our spiritual journey is, no matter whether we find ourselves headed out on some mission for work or on a vacation in search of adventure, no matter whether we're heading out or returning home, 
in good times and in bad, the book of Psalms has been a soundtrack, a divinely given, God-driven, theologically focused source of our spiritual lives. So that in good times and bad times across now millennia, thousands of years, the people of God, whether on a short or long trip, whether in the deep pain of their spiritual journey, facing systemic oppression or personal loss, or whether on a high, having just heard God answer their prayers, and they want a song to sing thankfulness to God for what he's doing and how he's responding to their lives, the book of Psalms has it all. And in 2017, for the first time in the life of our church, we took up five weeks. It was a short summer series where we looked at five distinct psalms. Psalms for good times and thanksgiving. Psalms for rough times, laments, times when we're struggling or down. Times where we call out to God, yearning for him to step in. That was Songs of Spiritual Life, Volume 1. This week, today, we kick off the Songs of Spiritual Life, Volume 2. So you have a couple of options at this point. You can read the Psalms with us, five Psalms a day, and you're going to cover this full soundtrack just in the month of July. Or you can faithfully participate at Mosaic Silver Spring for the next 28 years. And when we finish Songs of Spiritual Life, Volume 30, you can say, I was there for all 30. Those are your two options. So read Psalms or stick around with us for the next 28 years and then catch up. If you weren't here in 2017, I'll let you choose. But this morning when we open up Psalm 23... We're getting just one track from that full soundtrack that God has provided the church. And it's a song that calls to us to give consideration of where we find care. Where do we look when we need care or direction? When we face tough times? When we're in the midst of a confrontation? Who cares for us? Does anyone care? Does God care? Psalm 23 is the song for you to begin to work out those questions. And we're going to look at Psalm 23's answers in three points this morning. Basic care, intensive care, and eternal care. You get a rare three-point sermon from me. Basic care, intensive care, eternal care. So there is a quick opening a psalm of David, that's actually part of the psalms, the, the first introductory line to let you know who's involved here. So this is King David uh, thousands of years ago, now some 3,000 years ago. He is penning this song for us. And it opens up with two declarations, and we're going to briefly touch on both in verse 1. The first declaration is the Lord. All caps, Lord, you should see there the covenant God of Israel, the God who made promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God who said, I will be your God and you will be my people. That Lord is my shepherd. Now, you may know a mechanic who you can go to to fix problems on your car. You may know a teacher who you can go to to get some instruction or some help. Uh, on a specific topic or subject. 
You may know a healthcare provider who, when you are struggling, you can go to them and ask questions, either as a consult or if you're really sick, they will provide you with 24-hour care. But it's unlikely that any of you know shepherds. Like, if you were to scroll your phone, you may find healthcare worker references, you may find mechanic references, uh, you may find other home repair references, teacher references. I'm going to guess, this is just a guess here, none of you have a shepherding contact loaded up in your phone. So when we hear the psalmist declare, the Lord is my shepherd, we can, hold on, what? I mean, in some sense, in some distant sense, we can understand what's being communicated. But a shepherd is like a healthcare worker at their best. A shepherd provides care for the sheep or people under his watch. A shepherd is like a teacher at her best, where the teacher provides direction and comes and meets you right where you are to give you some specific instruction and even has strategies for help, helping you figure out, how do I know this and how do I know it well? Here where it declares the Lord is our shepherd, it's like a declaration that uh, God who has given us promises through his word meets us. And carries us along with instruction, pours into our lives. A shepherd is like a mechanic. When problems uh, rise up, they understand what's happening, can diagnose it, and can bring about solutions. So this language of shepherd, while distant from us, is, would be very familiar to the original audience. And maybe you can translate in your own minds this morning. Think of a teacher, a mechanic, and healthcare worker at their best who's in charge of or watching over all who they're given responsibility for. That is how the Lord functions for each of us. So that when we're on our own spiritual journeys and we uh, get hurt along the way and we say, who is qualified to heal us? Psalm 23 calls to us and says, the Lord is our shepherd. Or when we are traveling along in our own spiritual lives and we hit roadblocks and we have questions that come up or doubts and we're wrestling, these are legit things and we're wrestling through them and we say, how will I ever know this? We don't have to figure it out on ourselves. We can fall back on. So Psalm 23 calls to us, the Lord is our shepherd. Even when we face difficulties or problems or opposition in this life, Psalm 23 is a reminder that we can sing loudly and with confidence that the Lord is my shepherd. And so that first declaration connects in verse 1 to the second, which is, I shall not want. Much of what follows is because the Lord is the Lord and because the Lord is my shepherd, meaning I'm under his care, the net result of that reality is that I shall not want. It is God who provides our basic care. So when I work through the basics of what I should eat or where I should go or how I shall be protected from the forces that press into me, the psalmist's answer is sing of the Lord's care for you as shepherd. And I think that can help us because so often we think of ourselves 
first as our primary caregivers. This reality of the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want, can reset just a bit how we often think about our own resources. So in Montgomery County, uh, most of our neighbors and most of the people, not all, I grant, but a lot of the people who live and work around us are well-educated and well-resourced. And that's a blessing. We don't have to be ashamed of those things. But the reality of that truth is that when we think about obstacles or things that we need to learn or help that we need to obtain, we can unfortunately default into this mode where we think, I'm my own shepherd. I'll just take care of myself. I can heal myself. I can teach myself. And I can navigate any problem that I face. And so part of the corrective of understanding just what it means to declare that because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It helps reorient us to even the well-resourced things that we have, the things that we know, our education levels, the resources that we have at our disposal. These are all ultimately from God, gifts from God, and to be stewarded, cared for, and directed in that way. So instead of thinking of God as uh, in case of emergency, break the glass, so kind of do all my own thing, and then when I'm at the end of my resources or the end of my ability, then I'll go over to God and break this glass. Psalm 23, as a soundtrack to our own spiritual lives here in Montgomery County, calls to us to say, listen, in your day-to-day life, when you pray for a meal and give thanks for it, as basic as that seems, that care is ultimately due to the Lord as our shepherd. When you learn something new, achieve a new degree, graduate to the next grade level, kids, as you take on new subjects and begin to feel the sense of I'm mastering it, it's true that you're putting in work, but don't think only of that. Psalm 23 calls to you kids and says, think, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, even when it comes to the basic care of my learning. And true when we hit our own difficulties or challenges, when we face our own struggles, we can sing of the Lord as our shepherd. We shall not want. So you get an unpacking of that reality in verse 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. All of this is the idea of the Lord's basic care for his people, including the ways that we would think about going along our daily lives. So whatever you think about as the basics of your day-to-day life, caring for the kids, going to work, going to school, taking care of the responsibilities, uh, engaging the people around me, whatever those basic responsibilities are, this song calls to you to think of them not only as an individual, and how am I going to take care of this myself, but as part of an expression of the Lord's shepherding care for you. So that's basic care. Then in verse 4, there is a transition to intensive care. There is a sense in verses 2 and 3 where you get this beautiful picture of like green pastures and still waters, uh, uh, well-resourced places for you to rest and to eat and to be nourished. And then in verse 4, it almost switches. It begins to transition you to a bit of a travel or journey motif, right, Uh, along the way. In verse 4, the psalmist writes, even though I walk 
through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here, there is this transition from the green pastures and still waters to the valley of the shadow of death. This idea that the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the good times, the bad times, on this spiritual journey, even in those moments, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Why is that true? It's because the Lord's rod and staff comfort me. This allusion to the tools of a shepherd to protect and to guide, to fight off people who would do harm or animals that would do harm, and to redirect and give guidance to those who are following in the dark valley. God not only provides the basic care in our good times, but he remains a faithful shepherd in our lives on every part of our spiritual journey, including the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23, at least in the last couple hundred years, is frequently used at funerals. It begins to get associated with death, um, in part because of verse 4 and in part because of the ending that we'll get to here shortly. But that doesn't give it the full expression of its usefulness as a soundtrack for our spiritual lives. For many of us, we are going to face both the realities of uh, blessings and struggles, of good times and bad, ups and downs. And so this combination of the green pastures and still waters of verse 2, as well as the valley of the shadow of death, verse 4, likely rings true for each of your lives. The specific valleys and what those have looked like for you, whether those are emotional health issues or mental health issues or physical health issues, whether they're relational health, whether it is uh, how you get by day to day, whether it's a combination of all those things, it's likely that you know what it's like to experience some darkness in some valley in our area. Here the soundtrack calls to you to say, that doesn't mean that you have somehow left where God is, God is not only where there are green pastures and still waters, but when you travel through those valleys in your own spiritual journeys, verse 4 is a reminder to you that God is with you and continues to shepherd you. That God's spirit empowers us and cares for us and directs us. Even in times of need of intensive care, like the valley of the shadow of death, we have the privilege, friends, of singing the song of our shepherd. Well, there's another transition in verse 5. So if in verse 2 and 3, after that intro, there are kind of the green pasture, still waters, and then in verse 4, the sense of kind of travel motif, uh, heading somewhere, needing direction, and facing dangers. In verse 5, there's an interesting flip that almost goes to kind of hospitality, um, how uh, people are cared for. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. There is a flip here to the hospitality of God. So that uh, in our journey, 
God cares for us along the way. God shows us hospitality and love and care. God gives us rest. Through the history of Psalm 23's uses, when David first wrote it, you can imagine that the destinations that he thought of were the reclaiming of the promised land and the establishment of Jerusalem and and maybe with some hope of a future temple. So that when he thought of the green pastures and still waters, there were times where Israel along the way uh, had been given the promised land. Then he thinks of the valley of the shadow of death, the fighting for and establishing the city of God of Jerusalem. And he looks forward to the hospitality that he will enjoy there in the house of the Lord, maybe just envisioning in a distant way the temple. Well, if you fast forward a few hundred years, the journey changes for the people of God, but that soundtrack continues to be in play. So that when the city of Jerusalem is established and the temple is later built, and then it's destroyed by opposing armies and enemies who swoop in and take off God's people, and they find themselves in exile, their journey now looks different. It could be a journey to return Uh, to that city once established, to reestablish the temple. And yet they would rehearse this song of God. For both their basic care and in the midst of intensive care of exile, they would long for what God's hospitality would look like in a renewed temple, in a renewed house where God dwells. Well, then, if you can consider what it would have been like for David and what it would have been like for the people of God in exile, on this side of Jesus' death and resurrection, this soundtrack, this Psalm 23 of God's care, his basic care, and his intensive care, and his eternal care for us begins to take on a new vision. Because this side of Jesus' death and resurrection, Christians don't long for going to receive God's hospitality in one temple location. You can see the Gospel of John chapter 4 for more instruction about that. But rather because God's spirit is poured out on his people, we have the freedom of worshiping in our neighborhoods and in our local places where we work and travel and live. We can sing the soundtrack anew. Even this morning, we can sing of God's hospitality to us here in Silver Spring or in Kensington or in Wheaton or North Bethesda or Rockville or anywhere in Montgomery County or beyond. We have this privilege because of how God has worked to care for and shepherd his people. Not just in one specific time frame, not just in one specific geographical spot, but for all of eternity through the love and care of his son, Jesus Christ. So that when we get to verse 6, and we say, surely, with confidence, when we hear this and we sing along, even if we don't always know how this is all going to work out, because the Lord is our shepherd, we together, sisters and brothers, can sing. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This call out of hope, this forward-looking direction for us, wherever we find ourselves on our own spiritual journey, we can sing this confidently because of the work of Jesus Christ. 
That while David may have looked on the horizon for some temple to be built where God's presence may be found and where he could go and experience this hospitality from the shepherd, while the people who had been carried off in exile and defeat longed to return home to that temple and to rebuild it so that they could experience God's presence once more, here in the 21st century, because of the work of Jesus and the pouring out of his spirit on the Christian community, we can experience this here and now. We can experience God's presence through faith because of God's continued work. And that is what brings us the confidence to sing of a future hope. Not one particular place, not one particular building or structure or temple, but the whole new heavens and new earth. That is where we are headed. That is where we will surely experience goodness and mercy following us and being present with us all the days of our lives and where we can come again and again or dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. That is the Christian hope. Old Testament scholar Doug Green penned a chapter uh, in a book about Psalm 23 and how it comes to bear on the Christian life here and now. And he wrote this, in fact, we face the valley of death without fear. Why? It's because God himself has already traveled through the danger, the deepest and darkest points of that valley that could come to bear. What may scare us the most, Jesus has already conquered for you and for me, and we get to receive it by faith. And so Doug Green writes, he will provide the same death-defeating, life-restoring protection to all who follow in Jesus' tracks through faith. And that's the Christian hope. So that no matter where exactly you may be on your own spiritual life, maybe you are just at the spot of trying to figure out your basic care. You can sing this song because of Jesus that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Or maybe you're in the height of intensive care and you need help and you are struggling. Then you can call out with this soundtrack, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or maybe you are wrestling through thinking I have to answer all of my spiritual questions myself. Who else can help me? You can hear this afresh from Jesus who has traveled through the deepest and darkest valleys for you. And sing with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is the privilege that we have, sisters and brothers, as Christians. And we can sing the soundtrack, not with necessarily all the answers of knowing how it will work out, but with a deep confidence and hope that comes through Jesus Christ. Crucified, resurrected, ascended, and will come again. Let me pray. God, I ask that as we come to this song as part of this broader soundtrack in our spiritual lives, that these songs will function as a source of care and confidence for us. That we will be reminded not to take for granted uh, the basic means of our day-to-day -day lives. That we won't be so overwhelmed by the difficult times. Or that we won't be so short-sighted as to think there's nowhere else to go from here. But that each of those moments we will call out 
deeply and from the heart that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen.